to Love Always Wins. My name is David Hazen, and I'm still learning to recover from a culture of control, domination, and violence, still seeking the map to connection and belonging. Last week, Marie Murtaugh and I had a dialogue about the growth of conflict resolution skills. This week, I want to share with you some thoughts about the chronic need for antidepressants in human society. So I'm going to start with my story of the early 1970s when I joined a school of mysticism which promised that I could get high without drugs. I had been using alcohol and drugs for about nine years and was always coming down to a depressing reality. Unfortunately, the guru never told us to stop drinking, smoking, and whatever else we were using as antidepressants. I left that school and went into treatment for chemical dependency after 15 years of this foolishness and have been seeking a stable form of happiness without drugs ever since. Now, I'm very sure I've found a lifestyle for myself that consistently returns me to a gratitude that borders on joy, in spite of whatever drama may assault my sense of well-being. I call it almost high because I'm not wandering around in a psychedelic la-la land, and I'm just simply much better at accepting gritty reality just the way that it is. After watching Michael Pollan's miniseries on Netflix about the therapeutic use of psychedelics for anxiety and depression, and reading Johan Hari's Lost Connections, Uncovering the Real Causes of Depression, the implications for global, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health crisis are staggering. We are living in the midst of an uncontrolled pandemic of medications from prescribed pharmaceuticals to unprescribed plant extracts for simply coping with, not healing, just coping with what is essentially a panic of abandonment. Many, many, many people are now desperate for connection and cannot find it anywhere. Well, I believe that consumer culture has trained us to use chemicals as temporary distractions from unresolved, suppressed grief in response to trauma and adversity, which is just part of human life. Grief has become the lens through which many people see the world. It may seem to be permanent until we move through and beyond it by stepping outside of it in order to ask about its origins, functions, and impacts on our lives. That kind of inquiry seems to work well as a committed, long-term discipline within a small group of companions that support vulnerability. Our culture generally discourages vulnerability as a weakness, and yet 
As Brene Brown has said, it is truly our greatest asset. Exploring our grief will produce permanent baseline mood elevation because the complex, overlapping, invasive, and repetitive thought patterns of our grief become understood in their entirety, like seeing a large unfolded highway map of our conscious and unconscious processes. Now, some people may feel that their emotional feeling level has become more positive as a result of that process, and it would be more accurate to say they have simply have more freedom to move up and down the continuum of feeling states without any reliance on external substance or behavior. The intention to seek for this freedom is extremely important, regardless of the particular strategy that we may use. The principle of self-examination is the key to what HeartMath author Howard Martin says is the next frontier of human evolution, quote, learning how to better regulate emotion, unquote. So, you know, it makes perfect sense. If you cannot see your emotions, you cannot even begin to regulate them. Now, open focus is another strategy that I found to be helpful, and there are many, many others. The 12-step programs have helped millions of people. They've helped me. And they're not for everybody. I understand that. The webinars of both the HeartMath Institute and the Institute of Noetic Sciences have been other things that have helped me understand in medical terms what my body does in response to stress and how the heart and brain are always working together to keep us alive. Basically, what I do now is deliberately tune into those neurons around my heart and relax my whole body, including my brain. Then I will get answers to problems in my life that could be called intuitive. Sometimes answers may come quickly, sometimes longer. My subconscious is always working overtime and sometimes it works best without the interference of my rational thinking while I'm sleeping. This level of understanding is exactly the comfort that addicts and alcoholics are constantly seeking, sometimes find, and constantly lose due to the unwanted side effects of mental and physical damage, ongoing trauma, insecurity, anger, isolation, and other very nasty consequences. The temporary relief from depression is tiny in comparison to the whiplash of side effects. The other key principle that I want to mention on this path to freedom, in addition to self-understanding, is self-forgiveness for what we have inadvertently done to ourselves and the people we know and love. The culture of control, domination, and violence has conditioned us to live a life of internal toxic shame masked with a fortress of external denial. 
that vanity of being in control has to go if we are ever to accept ourselves just as we are in community with a vast network that requires our freely given, wholehearted, and vulnerable participation. There really is no escape from this response-ability, a word which means we already have the ability to respond to stress in creative and helpful ways. We simply forgot where we put it, like losing our phone or credit card. We got distracted. How could we not be distracted by the multiple cascading crises in this world, those snakes in this Garden of Eden? So we need to forgive ourselves. If we get focused on seeking understanding and forgiveness, we will not only create peace within ourselves, we will create an overflowing oasis of peace in the world. And because we have a map to all parts of our consciousness, we will be almost high without drugs. Next week, my guest Timothy Williams and I will have a dialogue about how important it is to encourage those hardworking people who are trying to meet the critical needs of our neglected citizens. Until then, as a reminder to both you and me, let's pay attention to our breathing and keep it gentle. Okay? I love you.